Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. In this week's episode, I'm going to be discussing one of the most famous works from the 20th century. Its brilliant use of gold and the romantic subject have struck many viewers as the quintessential work of Gustav Klimt. The Kiss was painted in 1907, and it is the culmination of years of study, personal history, and an homage to the past. So to learn more, keep on listening. This piece is quite large, just about life-size at six feet by six feet. This makes the main subject, the embracing lovers, seem even more lifelike. It's hard to tell where one body ends and the other begins. The man's face is turned away from us. He's intently focused on the female figure. Her expression is one of pure bliss as they are intimately entwined. There is no real sense of setting, but the pair is standing on what appears to be a field of wildflowers. The rubs are covered in geometric shapes set against a brilliant gold background. While viewing this work, there is no doubt that is the ultimate expression of a romantic moment. While creating this work, Klimt was influenced by three major things. The first, and most obvious, is the Byzantine period. In 1903, the artist traveled to Ravenna, Italy. This city, about 50 miles east of Bologna, was once a major center for the Byzantine Empire, especially during the reign of Emperor Justinian in the 6th century CE. It is the home of many churches, like San Vitale, that were filled with decorative gold mosaics. In the blog, I have some great comparison images, so make sure to check it out. The next major influence was actually Klimt's own father, he was a gold engraver and trained his son in the craft as a young man. Klimt learned how to manipulate the metal and especially preferred utilizing gold leaf. Another influence on Klimt for this work was Japanese prints. Japan had only recently opened up to the West at the time that this work was painted, so prints and artistic elements were making their way over to Europe. Klimt was especially inspired by the two-dimensionality and the figure's positions on the canvas. The kiss is a part of what art historians deem, quote, Klimt's golden period, <laughs> for obvious reasons. It's often considered to be his most successful and visually stunning period. As I just discussed, the artist was heavily inspired by the Byzantine and medieval periods, including by mosaics and illuminated manuscripts. Besides gold leaf, he also used rich colors, especially in a square shape, to mimic the glass tesserae that make up mosaics. This makes up for a rich composition that truly captures the viewer's eye. Other famous works from this period include The Portrait of Adele Blockbar, Judith and Holofernes, and Danae, which you can see on the blog post. From both the title of and the work itself, it's easy to see that the theme of this work is romance. In fact, it has come to symbolize true love in today's society. To our modern eyes, it might seem romantic, even tame in brace. But audiences in the 20th century found it to be quite pornographic. And as I'll discuss in a bit, this wouldn't be the first time that Clint found himself in hot water for showing too much romance. There are few theories about who the couple is supposed to be. Some art historians believe that they are a classical reference to Apollo Daphne or Orpheus and Eurydice, while others believe that it was meant to be a quasi-self-portrait of Klimt and his longtime love, Emily Floge. Next, I'm going to dive into the artistic movement surrounding this work. But first, let's take a quick break.
Hey there, my name is Annalisa, and I'm the founder of Accessible Art History. As a part of my content offerings, I produce a podcast. For the first several seasons, I will be discussing 50 objects that shape the history of Western art. From prehistoric cave paintings to contemporary art, I'll be covering it all. The podcast was designed for everyone, from the casual couch historian to a museum's expert. It all fits within the larger mission of accessible art history, to create a space for art history lovers, students, and anyone who is curious to explore all periods of art history and human creation. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure to follow the Instagram page for all updates at accessible.art.history. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now that we're back, let's take a look at the 20th century art movements that shaped this work. Firstly is the Art Nouveau. This translates to new art, and it was heavily inspired by the, quote, unruly natural world. There were no limits, boundaries, or straight lines. It was about the freedom of artistic expression. Art was once again for art's sake, and it bled into the world of decorative arts, as well as the fine arts. The other movement that inspired Klimt was symbolism. It grew out of a French literary movement and soon took the art world by storm. This movement was about the expression and subjectivity of a moment rather than realism or true accuracy. This may sound familiar, as it's fairly similar to the Romantic movement I discussed a few seasons ago. In symbolism, the otherworldly was a major subject, for example, Greek or Roman mythology or fantasy. In addition, other popular themes included sexuality, especially mysterious or forbidden sexuality like Judith and Holofernes or Oedipus and the Sphinx. As with many works I've discussed on this podcast, the general public was not entirely thrilled about the kiss when it first debuted. Despite the man and woman wearing robes, the embrace is extremely intimate, especially by that day's standards. In fact, some viewers considered it to be downright scandalous. As I mentioned earlier, this was not the first time that Klimt got in trouble for this kind of scene. His nudes on the ceiling of the University of Vienna were removed for being too explicit because they showed pubic hair. However, it was considered to be extremely beautiful by other members of society. In fact, the Belvedere Museum in Vienna purchased it before it was even finished for a whopping 25,000 crowns. That's about 240,000 American dollars in today's money. In fact, this was the highest price paid for art in Vienna up until that point. Now that we've discussed the kiss in detail, I think it's time I talk about the man behind the work. Gustav Klimt was born on July 14, 1862, in Baumgarten, near Vienna, in Austria-Hungary. He was the second of seven children. His mother was a musician whose career was stalled from having a family. And as I discussed earlier, his father was a gold engraver. Klimt attended the University of Applied Arts in Vienna from 1876 until 1883. He had a fairly successful career that was further bolstered when Emperor Franz Joseph I of Austria awarded him the Golden Order of Merit in 1888 for his work in the Berg Theater in Vienna. In 1897, Klimt became one of the founding members of the Vienna Succession Movement. 
This collective wasn't bound by any particular artistic style, but they liked the unconventional and strange. Their symbol was Pallas Athena. To see an amazing representation of this goddess by Klimt, make sure to check out the Accessible Art History Instagram page for today's Art of the Day post. In the early 1890s, Klimt met fashion designer Amelia Floge. The two would be lovers for the rest of his life. Klimt was well known for living the bohemian lifestyle. He was often seen with a wild hair and beard and wearing a painter's smock. Scandalously, it was often stated that he didn't wear any undergarments. Klimt is known to have fathered at least 14 children during his lifetime. Gustav Klimt died in, on February 6, 1918, after a stroke and pneumonia. These were complications from the Spanish flu pandemic that swept through the world that year. Today, he is remembered as one of the greatest artists of the 20th century. His reputation has persisted into our time due to one of his most famous works, Adele Blockbauer I. It was stolen by the Nazis during World War II. Eventually, the painting came into the collection of the Belvedere Gallery, However, Maria Altman, the niece and heir of the sitter, claimed it as her rightful inheritance. This led to a long and lengthy court battle over two continents. Eventually, Altman won and reclaimed her family's heritage. She sold the work for an astonishing $135 million in 1998 to cosmetics heir Ronald Lauder. Maine's one of the most expensive works ever sold, speaking to how beloved Klimt and his work is. Personally, I believe that The Kiss is one of the most stunning pieces we have talked about on this podcast. Centuries of artistic styles mix into a single piece, showing humanity's greatest gift, love. Make sure to tune in next week when I discuss one of the cheekiest works in our history, The Fountain by Marcel Duchamp. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.